Today's episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Gamers Inn, your one-stop location for all your gaming needs. Located in Lehigh City, Utah, their fun and friendly staff will be more than happy to answer any of your gaming needs. Just remember, Gamers Inn, it's where adventures begin. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. ruptured from the end of the improvised silencer without muzzle flash or a puff of smoke. D'Amico barely had time to twitch as it struck him in the forehead. For a moment, he looked afraid. Then he fell. For some reason, convulsively, he laughed. The moment you're shot in the head, a great terror seizes your body. Then peace floods through every limb. Your fingers tingle and your toes... If you can move them, curl. That part is important, because if you can curl your toes, your body will want to take a breath, a big one. This is the moment of truth. When the breath flows into your lungs, it tastes sweet. Sweet like bubblegum perfume. Sweet like taking the body shot off the cleavage of a perfect ten like the 700-to-1 horse winning by a nose. It's that moment you realize that when your daughter said she was late, she just meant her watch had stopped. As D'Amico collapsed, bullet wound in his head, he experienced none of that. One of the first rules of writing is, Never start a novel with the flashback. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to another exciting episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio. We're here with the the man, the myth, the legend, Robert J. Defendi, or Bob Defendi, some of you know him by, uh, who has recently uh, released his latest novel, Death by Cliché. That is true. How cliché? It is incredibly cliché. Okay, How cool. death? Um, that is the debate of the whole book. Uh. <laughs> how dead he is. The, the book opens with him being shot in the head by a loony fan. He's a game designer who's sent to a game store to um, hijack a demo game because the marketing department at the company knows that it's a loony that's about to do it. Um, it's all true story, obviously. Of course. Um, and he gets shot in the head by a loony fan and ends up inside the guy's game. It all started because I had a... Um, well, I was sent to hijack a game mm-hmm. um, <laughs> in Salt Lake City by the Iron Crown um, marketing department. And uh, when I showed up there, I took my friend Gary and I show up and uh, the game was run out the guns. It was their pirate game. And uh, my buddy Gary is looking through the game store's books. He's looking at the Battletech books because they're all on sale. And uh, this kid next to him starts making oh my god noises next to him on every Iron Crown book. Like, oh, they have this one. Oh, did you see this? You know, and Gary's like, oh my god, this is our 
Dembo kid. So he uh, basically said, you're on your own, and left me. <laughs> so I went downstairs, and the kid uh, starts explaining to me that he hasn't really read the rules yet, and that he's uh, not going to do it in the run-out-the-gun setting of the Caribbean. He's going to do it in a D&D setting that is sailing-friendly. Um, and also he's adding in his uh, Panache rules, which I was talking to him about three minutes before I realized he was saying panache. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> and so uh, luckily nobody else showed up um, because the only place he had advertised the demo was on an international mailing list. So it was me and my co-writer Lynn were the only people even on the list in Utah. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so I just lectured him for an hour about how to demo, and then I left. But so the Panache had to go in there, of course, and then there was another horrible game store game where um the kid told us that we entered a room lit by flaming brassiers <laughs> and uh braziers my friend <laughs> <laughs> and so i wanted to uh, start the book with the guy being uh, shot in the head and then yeah. uh have a like a flashback where he goes into the uh he goes into the game store he's trying to work up his courage he hears the kid say you enter the room lit by flaming brassiers and um and and chickens out and then gets shot in the head and, and wakes up in the game and the big realization is when he walks into a room and it's lit by flaming brassiers. Nice. And he that realizes awesome. that his worst nightmare has come true. That is, no, that's just awesome. <laughs> so, uh, and when you released the book, you did it at a game store. Uh, yes, yeah. yeah, we did our book release up at Hester's Games and Comics. Yeah. Um, I had uh, three of the ladies from Hello Sweeties um, do at, emceeing and doing comedy and then a third uh, comic who isn't on Hello Sweetie. Yeah. Um, and so it just seemed like a natural fit. They had a great space for it, and they uh, already have a relationship with the Hello Sweetie podcast. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it was just a great fit. That's that's awesome that it worked out so well. Now, because of that 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 experience you had, you know, what was it that, fi- that finally made you think, okay, I have to make this a book? Or has it always kind of just been in the in the back of your head? I don't know where it... I think I just decided I wanted to try a comedy. Okay. And, um, you know, you always hear advice, right, which you know, obviously. You also hear advice that if you have any spe- special authority on the mm-hmm. subject, always include your query letters. So I was like, well, I, I mean, I've got... I, I've been a pro- professional game designer since 96. I should think about writing a book about professional game design yeah. so that... It, my query letter has more. And so that it all just came together as a perfect storm of those nice. ideas. Um, and I just wanted to see how funny I could be consistently. I, you know, I backed off on book two uh, a little bit on the funny because it was really dense in book one. Mm-hmm. It's, it's super dense. I, I have what I call the Dennis Miller quotient, which is probably uh, a dated uh, reference now. No, it's okay. But, uh, I, understand what, I understand what it is. I get it. <laughs> but Dennis Miller, I always figured if you got 10% of his jokes, uh, you were doing pretty good. Yeah. And you were still enjoying yourself because his joke density was so high. So that's what I did with book one. Um, by book two, things are getting a little bit more serious. I mean, the threats are a little bit more mm-hmm. um, uh, real. And so I, I back off on that a little because I'm trying to push plot a lot more Yeah. In book two. Nice. So... So you're it, so you're saying so book one has been released, book two is going to be released, or it, what? it hasn't officially been accepted yet. But, oh, okay. Uh, I, would, I would assume so. 
Okay, cool. And then with it, with the first one, does it have an audio book? Because that's always my thing with it books. Does. I recorded it myself. Awesome. Um, the Originally, I put this, I wrote it in 2008. No, 2006. Oh, and geez. I put it out in two, uh, 2008 as a podcast audio book. And had about 5,000 downloads, you know, not mm-hmm. quite that 10,000 magic number where people start paying attention, but a yeah. good, respectable number of downloads. And um, and uh, I've just had these fans that have followed me forever from that. Um, and about once every year or two, they start harassing me about when the book's coming out. And so um, I think it was probably at a Comic-Con or an LTUE, uh, one of the acquisition editors at Curiosity Quill's heard me talk about it at a panel. He wasn't even on the panel with me. I think he just wandered through the room. Heard me talk about it. Like, I should listen to that. And so he had a, a family vacation. He downloaded the whole podcast onto his phone to listen over mm-hmm. his family vacation and uh, asked me to buy it afterwards. So That's awesome. It took a year and a half for me to say yes. But... Uh, <laughs> Was that what James Wymore? Yeah, okay. James Wymore. Yeah, that's why for so long I insulted James Wymore on my on my. Uh, I, I was on my wondering blog. about that because I always see on your Facebook posts and your blog posts, I always see some sort of, you know, negative response in some way towards James, and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought yeah, they were buddies, but <laughs> and I would make fun of them and make fun of them until right about the time the book released, and then I was like, well, at this point we've gone from. Him being my editor, he has books out too. Yeah. But at that point, I was unpublished in, as a novelist, and he was my editor and a published novelist. And once I was his peer, it didn't feel as much like I was punching up. Yeah. So I had to back off on the gotcha. on the, on the why more jokes. <laughs> That's okay. James is a great guy. So uh, you, know, you 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 mentioned you've been uh, doing game design since '96. Yeah. Um, now, what systems have you done design in? Let's see how many I can remember. Uh, Space Master. Okay. Uh, Rollmaster, um, a little in Harp. That's Iron Crown. Uh, that's all the Iron Crowns ones I've done. Um, I've done uh, Spycraft um, and Shadow Force Archer. Although I don't know if anything actually came out in Shadow Force Archer. Stargate SG One. Uh, um, I think that's all the AEG I did. And then um, Exalted. Okay. And um, with for White Wolf and probably a half dozen others that I can't remember. Um, the my Echoes of Heaven campaign setting, I have statted for Rollmaster, Harp, D&D 3.5, D&D 5. And so um, that's that's my own game company. So there's definitely a lot of credit behind this. Absolutely. Yes. In fact, just as, as a fellow tabletop nerd myself, um, you have experienced myriad systems. Is there one that you particularly glom on to one that really strikes your fancy right now i'm enjoying dnd 5 um nice. i like the length of the combats um the, s- the system is just simple enough to not make my head hurt um it's um but it's just interesting enough to keep me going um if i'm playing i probably like dnd fourth edition best okay because dnd fourth edition the way they do monsters is the only game that's ever challenged me in combat. It's the only game that keeps me interested in combat. Okay. Because I never know going into a fight what powers the monsters have. Once I read the rule book, I know everything that can happen in a fight, yeah. and it's very rarely any kind of surprise. The first time I was doing a demo of 4th edition, and I five foot step, I think it was called a shift, I shifted away from a uh, kobold, and it followed me. I woke up, I was like, oh my god, I've got to, I mean, I can't just be running this battle on autopilot. I've got to be actually thinking... Like two minutes later, I'm shouting out orders to everybody at the table. I'm like, "You over there? Are you over there?" And hit, hit him, hit him, hit him, hit him. You know. And I hadn't been that engaged in a, in a battle in forever because usually battles are my least favorite part of a game. 
Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. So that's probably my favorite to play. But, man, it's hard to run. <laughs> yeah. So yes, it is. I like running 5th edition better. <laughs> so, I mean, with the combat in 5th edition, do you feel like it's even comparable to 4th? To no. Uh, no? Okay. No. I was really hoping that they would... Uh, take a more 4th edition centric view on the monsters. Okay. If every monster had one or two signature moves um, that would break the basic tactics of the game, mm-hmm. that would keep it interesting because then you'd go into everything knowing the basic rules but not knowing what the special rules of that combat are going to be. Gotcha. Um, yeah. But they don't. Only, like some of the leader monsters have it, but not much. Yeah. No. Not many others. Yeah. Understood. And you're still a Palladium man, aren't you? I am a Palladium man. Yeah, I'm a Palladium man in certain uh, story. I like Robotech Palladium, great Palladium. Okay. Yeah, Rifts not so much. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we we uh, we. I mean, I grew up on Rifts, and and I still love that game. But we joke that it's the every game, right? It's, yeah. it has absolutely everything in it. Ever. And not any of it balanced off one another. Mm. How come I have a gun and I turn a little switch and I go from doing like 1d10 normal damage to 1d10 mega damage? Why right. Why does, yeah. why does my gun have this switch? for those who don't know, is a yeah. 100 times conversion. Yeah, 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 yeah. And see, that works great in a game like Robotech where you are dealing with mechs and yeah. people. Yeah, you have and you have the giant, di- you know, the giant disparity between the two, but not so much when... You have a dragon who's doing mega damage with a punch and a human being that just <laughs> explodes if that happens to them. <laughs> Especially when a dragon can take on human form and surprise, right? Right, yeah. exactly. Um, with Palladium, my favorite game of theirs right now, I mean, Rifts will always hold a special place in my right. heart and an enormous amount of shelf space, but um, Dead Rain, their zombie apocalypse game oh, by, by Josh Hilden and Josh Sanford. Um, my gosh, that that's a fantastic game. I like the combat system in Palladium because mm-hmm. it allows for so much creativity. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, putting that in a zombie apocalypse setting is just that was a great idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah so are you I saying I shouldn't it. pick up Savage Worlds uh, Rifts game? I'm interested to see how that's going to play. I, 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 I'm I very interested because I loved the Rifts universe. Mm-hmm. I loved the Rifts world. I just thought that the Palladium execution of the rules for Rifts was terrible. I agree. Um, but I loved everything else about Rifts. You okay. to me divorced of that mega damage system, and I'm uh, I'm on board okay. to uh, check agree. it out. Yeah. I, yeah, agree. I know Dan Wells is super excited about it because he's a Rifts fan, but uh, yeah, that's kind of been my one concern because I've heard you know, the things of the, the rule setting for Rifts, right. where it's like, okay, I've never really wanted to play it, but Savage Worlds I've played, and I actually enjoy the, the rule system in that game, the, the mechanics, so... My DM would say things like, oh, you've got a Glitter Boy? You just never have in combat in this game. Because I just can't have combat with a Glitter Boy in it. It just can't happen. <laughs> it, just, it just cannot happen. The system does not support there being one Glitter Boy in a party and combat breaking out. It's just... Yeah. I mean, at that point, it's just straight narrative anyway. Just, we won't even Because the Glitter us. Boy shows up, it ejects his laser pylons, yeah. and basically does his boom gun action, and then it's over. Right, it's right. Done. Right. The Glitter Mega Boy's gun is so powerful that he fires spikes into the ground underneath him. So he doesn't move. So that he doesn't move. Wow. So he he doesn't fires. Over. Yeah. yeah, he has stabilization jets and laser pylons. I actually, I had a player kill another person with the laser pylon. <laughs> which <laughs> that was very just showing off. I know, At that right? point, it's like insult to injury. Uh, on the note of rifts, I, I, I liked it in my youth as a teenager. And it, it, again, near and dear place. That's actually how I ended up on the show in the yeah. first place. Um... I think it's great when you're cutting your teeth on RPGs. 
uh, and you're a bit of a munchkin, right? Having that huge disparity, like you uh, talked about in damage. Yeah, because you do when, when massive you're the damage dragon, blowing crap up. Yeah, when you're the dragon and a fight breaks out in a tavern, because where else do fights start? Yeah. Uh, then that's fantastic. You can just lay waste to the entire nation, right? But when you want to talk about actual role playing, then there is this enormous division that occurs. They have like so many world books and source books. You basically have to say, okay, we're going to play a game out of this subset, and it's usually one or three books. Right. You know, uh, so it's great to cut your teeth on. It's great to grow up on, but you're right. the The boundlessness of the system is a double edged sword. Right. Wow. Yeah. So, how many books do you have at this point? Oh, uh, forty like something. <laughs> I don't. I didn't Jeez. buy all of them. I didn't buy all of them. Yeah. Not by a long shot, but I got the ones I liked. It ended up being. Oh, I know. 40 I, something, I always end up something. at Gen Con, and you walk in, and it's just like shelves, and it's like, uh, yeah. Wait a minute, where where does this line of books end? To to Palladium's credit, that's a fantastic model. Oh yeah, right, because you capture all the gamers that way. Yeah, I remember uh, when uh, West End Star Wars went under, oh, yeah. or got canceled, or what have you. I was at a Gen Con or an Origins, I don't remember which, and one of the stores was selling the entire line of books, and I'm oh. holding for the re- listeners. I'm holding my arms out six yeah. feet apart right now. Yeah. The entire line of books for like two hundred and eight dollars yeah. for the pile, and so or you could just go through and pick the ones you didn't have. Yeah. Um, and that was just, I just remember people walking out with giant things of books. Yeah, that's, that's funny. I, I still have the West End Core, but I ended up with the D twenty and the D twenty revised yeah. books as well. I have those as well. Yeah. I've owned every version of Star Wars. I just don't have the I new one. I, I don't have the new one. Version. I don't have the. I don't new have one. the new one either. I do. I do. How, how tell well I don't know if this Go is ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So <laughs> I don't I don't know how the mechanics on as, that one works and that's the reason I yeah. haven't bought it. As as a game designer as a professional game designer for the last 20 years, right. how does the new Star Wars system oh God, stack up in your yeah. <laughs> in your um, view? The thing I like about the new Star Wars system. First of all, it's not Saga and um, all the D20 versions. Uh, were like crunchy to the point where they're dying underneath it. They were collapsing under the weight of their own crunchiness. Um, it gets back closer to West End and its and its and uh, its play style. The dice mechanic requires a lot of creative thinking at the table. There are going to be some players that are going to have difficulty with that. I play with my friend's daughter, and she's not as up to she's, she has a hard time coming up with ideas because what you do is you roll and you get either success or failure yeah that's obvious but then you'll get advantage threat uh, triumph and despair and you can have like complete spectacular success and huge amounts of threat which means that everything worked but now the GM has to come up with something terrible that happened because of it oh. um, the attrition of the moment or you fail and you have you know spectacular amounts of advantage which means that yeah that didn't go well but something good is going to come of it and, and the player is in charge of coming up with their own ideas for advantage and the GM has to come up with all the ideas for threat. How creative. How interesting yeah. is that? And so it's a very it's a very narrative there's the narrative is constantly driving one of my friends described it as Keystone Cops because usually in every combat we have something wacky happening because I'm trying to come up with some way to do, you know, threat. Like, yeah, yeah, you hit him, but you slipped on the floor and fell down. Or you hit him, but uh, a pipe burst over over you, and now you've got steam in your eyes, you know. Okay. Um, or you hit him, and uh, you also hit the speeder bike next to him, and the speeder bike crashed into his buddy. You know, what, uh, you know, just trying to adjudicate all that, um, all those uh, results, and all those infinite combination of results. Right. Is, is, uh, is wild at the table, but... Uh, 
uh, it really when it works well, it's it's great. So earlier, I, so I've I've been a, a GM off and on for the last twenty three years now. I think it's been. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, jeez. Uh, I know and it's great. You're I know. So old. <laughs> it keeps right? Now you're a professional game designer, and I'm just I'm just a hobbyist, right? But um, you used a term that I've not heard before. You said crunchiness. Can you describe for me and the listeners who don't know what that oh. term means? Uh, crunchy is just a, is uh, describing the rule system. The rule system. Um, is on a scale between narrative and crunchy. And the crunchier it is, the more rules there are. D&D 3.5 is like the epitome of crunchy. Gotcha. Um, people think Rollmaster is, but it's actually way down on there because there aren't a lot of rules in Rollmaster. It's all just a lot of charts. So okay. the term comes from the notion of like crunching data, crunching numbers. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, The, yeah, the yeah. rules lawyering of the thing. Yeah, people ask, how crunchy is this rule book? And we're like, oh, it's super crunchy. And they're like, okay, great, I'll buy it. You know what I mean? Um, it, it, it would come up in a lot of... Um, at the cons when people were trying to buy a book because they wanted to know how much fluff and how much crunch was in each book. Fluff being all of the descriptive lore stuff and crunch being all of the hard rules that are going to alter the way their game plays at the table. Awesome. Thank you. That's a great term. I'm going to hang on to that one. Uh, That's fantastic. So, like, uh, in my experience, because mine is very Palladium-centric and, you know, I've done D20, I've done Palladium, I've done a little bit of West End Star Wars, but in Palladium, rules, uh, I'm sorry, character creation is incredibly crunchy. Oh, yeah. And combat can be crunchy if not properly adjudicated by the by the GM. Um, but after that, you end. Is, I, I guess I guess at that point you would just say the system is crunchy. Is that probably correct? Yeah. yeah yeah. Like um, one of the problems I think a lot of people had with D and D fourth is this, it was super crunchy in combat and completely hands off out of combat. Yeah. yeah. They wouldn't give you profession skills because they're like, well, who are we to tell you you can't be a master blacksmith? You can be a first level master blacksmith. We don't care. What's your backstory say? You know what I mean? Yeah. And the game got completely out of your way on role playing for the most part. They had the skill challenges which could help with that. But they got completely out of your way with role playing and then went into a full on tactical miniatures game in combat. Yeah. yeah. Um, and a lot of people really had trouble with that and they would say things like, well, it doesn't allow you to role play at all. And I'm like, how does, how can a game stop you from role playing? Yeah. <laughs> it's the DM. It's the DM that stops. I, I, yeah. I have role played a game of Risk. I yeah. uh, five hour assault on Australia. We role played every damn roll. You yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Betrayal so. of House on the Hill. Re- yeah. Role oh, play that yeah. entire. You better role play that. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you can role play any game. I mean, you could probably even role play Yahtzee if you wanted to. Right. Yeah. You know, if you do it right, but. Uh, you know, I, I think it is because everyone's used to those rules and explanations being inside the book that it's not like, oh, wait a minute, I can just do this on my own. And see, and, and I think and fifth isn't particularly more crunchy on the role-playing side, a little bit, but not very much. Yeah. Um, but since they went, they pulled back so hard on the combat side, everybody just looks at it and says, oh, you know, that's just the way it is. And I yeah. think it, it fits better in their brain. Right. Yeah. So, so of all of, since we're on the topic of tabletop RPGs, anyway, of all the uh, modules, supplements, and books that you've created for these myriad RPG titles, uh, which one is your crown jewel? Which one defines Bob Defendi? Uh, probably the Echoes of Heaven campaign setting. Um, with Echoes, uh, I really love my Critical Matters book, which, by the way, is on DM's Guild. Uh, if you want to go buy it. Um, it's a, it's a very crunchy critical system for fifth edition, um, the, with a lot of funny criticals, you know, um, but the, 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 the echoes of heaven, I had a lot of modules from all my years of buying books. You know, I've been buying books mm-hmm. for uh, 35 years now. <laughs> I've been buying books a long time. So yeah. I have a lot of modules and most of them 
are silly. Most of them are poorly thought out. A lot of them are in completely different settings that wouldn't make any sense in the... So I was running a game and I wanted to come up with a way to have any adventure idea happen. And so I invented this idea of an ulcer. And an ulcer is a place where the fabric of reality had ulcerated with the hell energy and basically became the rules of reality broke down and things would change and warp. And the obvious thing that usually happens with ulcers, ulcers is the dead start rising. But it can have a lot of uh, really weird uh, ulcer effects that can explain any adventure. Uh, if you want to have a Tomb of Horrors, Tomb of Horrors is economically a completely unviable adventure. You know, who mm. would make Tomb of Horrors? It's, yeah. It would be billions of gold coins to make <laughs> Tomb of Horrors. But if it just, um, you know, appears magically because it's a representation of hell as reflected through the mind of some madman who loved traps, um, then you can you can do whatever you want uh, in the adventure. Um, and so ulcers are uh, my favorite. When I previewed the when I previewed the adventure or the setting, I did it on uh, the Iron Crown forums. I had the most spectacular result I've ever had to a preview because it's a description of these paladins walking into this uh, town, and um, everybody's afraid of them. And uh, the paladins are, you know, like sizing everybody up. They're afraid they're going to be jumped in the bar. And finally, the sun goes down. I never was trying to get them out of the bar. Finally, the sun goes down and the dead start rising. And the head paladin says, um, uh, it's an ulcer. Murder everybody in the village. Burn it to the ground. Salt the fields. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and having, uh, you know, a paladin say that uh, to... Uh, to uh, in that thing everybody's just like oh my god what the hell is this <laughs> what's an ulcer why is he just murdering everybody yeah because it's an ulcer yeah so that's really cool that's that's incredible my, fa my favorite single uh, ability in the three five version of the echoes of heaven there's the 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 prestige class for the paladins in the setting and their signature you know you always have that first level ability that is more role playing than anything else yeah the signature ability is they, ma they make every saving throw and check to resist the pleas of the innocent. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> because that's just what it takes. <laughs> wow. You just described how I teach at the university. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. See? See? There you go. A lot of innocent people to say, no, hey, I should get a better grade. Yeah, yeah. my saving throw is I slam my door. Slam your door? <laughs> slam the door. <laughs> Bam. Yeah. Awesome. So... The book is out. Book Where is can out. they find it? They can find it on Amazon, obviously. Uh, mm -hmm. Audible. Uh, Amazon has physical and electronic copies. Audible has uh, um, the audio book. Uh, audio yeah. book. The it's on Ingram distribu distributors, so any bookstore can get it. Okay. Um, they probably don't because I'm not with one of the big five publishers. They probably don't have it. Yeah. Um, one of my friends in Kentucky just said he was he ordered it from his Barnes and Noble. Uh, you can order it from the Barnes and Noble website as long as you want a physical copy. Um, I suspect that you can't get an e. I think we have a exclusive thing with with uh, with Amazon for the first month or two months or something. So there won't be any e copies other than that for okay. a while. So nice. Then, um, so with the success of this, I mean, are you hoping for book two? And yeah. and is it going to be how many books is it going to be? I don't have a plan. Okay, no plan. <laughs> so we know for two. Yeah. yeah well, I've, I've we'll see what I'm Halfway through three. Okay, well, so, I, I don't so at plan least three. stopping it. All right. Uh, um, it depends upon when I start running out of ideas. Okay. Yeah. When I don't think I'm doing the, when I start phoning it in, that's when we'll. That's when you're like, okay, so we're that's done. That's when we'll stop. Yeah, we're done. But uh, I, I have some ideas for shattering the universe that might allow more. Sweet. I need my vibes. You know how Terry Pratchett 
He was writing his books, mm-hmm. and then he introduced Vimes. And once he introduced Vimes, I mean, he had the witches and Rincewind, but none of that was gelling, I think, until he had Vimes. And all of a sudden, at that point, he had like three different plot lines you could write in yeah. at any moment. I don't have that yet. Okay. Yeah. It will come soon, though. It, it, it's got to. All right. So uh, any last questions either of you got? Because we're almost out of time. Um, no, I got, so I'll, I'll check it out on Audible. How much is it roughly, you know, uh, or is credit? it changed? Uh, one credit. It's currently, <laughs> oh, that's it's right, actually currently credit. $17 if I, if oh, I Yeah, that's not bad yeah. at all. So, and the, it's, so the paper is 17 and the Audible is seventeen fifty or fourteen ninety five, but it doesn't specify why. <laughs> that's funny. And, it, and it's you narrating the whole thing. You're, yeah, you're doing yeah, the Audible. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. The second book, uh, my audio tech might do some narrating because in the, I have this running gag that Bob Defendi has all of these, um, Quotes at the beginning of every chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It starts with authors who write their own chapter quotes should be shot. Bob Defendi. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, it's very myth of you. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. In the second book, I introduce the narrator and mm-hmm. have the narrator start giving quotes because he's starting to get pissed off about the shit Bob's <laughs> pulling in the book. Nice. Uh, and at that point, I can't read both. And I can't be Bob Defendi yeah. because uh, I'm, I'm narrating the whole book, so I have to be the narrator. So I, the whole thing is just so I get the joke that on the audio book I can say, you know, written by Bob Defendi, performed by Bob, narrator performed by Bob Defendi. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Bob Defendi played by Jeff Bell. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Very That's nice. Amazing. So All buy right. the book. Yes, buy the book. It's going to be awesome. Um, Let me just Smoke Go it. Weimar Smoke it. In sales. Do it. Let me just bury Weimar. Yes. <laughs> Make it so that I can never insult him again because I'd be punching down. Let's just destroy Weimar in sales. <laughs> that is the way to do it. <laughs> I don't want to punch down. We yep. need to be higher. <laughs> All right. So run out. You can pick it up. Amazon. You can uh, Barnes and Noble online, or you can go to your local Barnes and Noble. Uh, store and request it, or pick up the audio book, which... Uh, any, any local yes. uh, bookstore should be able to get it through Ingrams, because they're nice. the main distributor. Okay, so. well, it's that simple. And, uh, yes, help Bob Defendi grow a giant m- pile of money that he has to punch... He d- can't punch down anymore. Right, exactly. Right. Why yeah. more will be so relieved. Yes. <laughs> He'll be happy, and won't have to be in in the trunk of a car. Again. I don't know this Wymore fellow, but I feel bad for him. Actually. Yeah, actually, gets five percent of every. Oh, okay, maybe I don't feel bad for him <laughs> yeah, anymore. Like, wow, with friends like these, am I right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. With that said, we're out of here, and we'll catch you next time. Second nerds. There's no one saying Deadpool. <laughs> hey, Dungeon Crawlers fans, it's time to really pull out the stops. So, what we want to do is we want you to go like our Facebook page. Like, uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, follow us on YouTube, and not only that, tell your friends about us. If there is anyone in your life, or even in at your work, that you think loves geek, loves, you know, superheroes, comic books, gaming, anything in the realm of geek, tell them about our show. We want to make this the number one hit show out there. We want to uh, let get the news out there we want our numbers to swell and we want you and everyone else to join the geek revolution so tell your friends about us like us on facebook follow us on twitter and we want to hear from you we want this the best greatest and most entertaining interactive show out there you know most podcasts are not going to be delivering what we want to deliver this next year and so far we've had a great year it's all thanks to you 
and we just want to keep this rolling and make things even more possible. We've got some great things in the works uh, coming down the pipeline with some amazing interviews. And the more people we can get listening to the show, liking our pages, the more interest we can get and the bigger uh, more entertaining interviews we can get. So please, please, please help us out with this because we want to bring some amazing content to you and we can't do it without your help. So with that said, I'm going to say we're out of here and catch you next time. And of course, join the Geek Revolution. <laughs>